Welcome back to The Melancholy Condition. I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to Season 3. Enjoy. Here's an ad. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom, you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Three, two, and one, we are live. Welcome back to another episode of The Melancholy Condition. I am sitting here with Artisha. Remind me of your last name one more time. Bolding. Artisha Bolding. Artisha Bolding. Okay, I'm pretty sure you probably get that mispronounced. All the time. No worries. Same thing, same thing. I hear Darius, Darius. Nope, it's Oh, I've heard Darius before too, yeah. So awesome. Artisha, go ahead and let the audience know, let the listeners know um, why you're here. First of all, Darius, thank you so much for having me. The work that you do is so important and I'm absolutely delighted to be a pleasure. I mean, excuse me, to be a part of that. (laughs) It is a pleasure is what I wanted to say. (laughs) I understood what you meant. But yes, um, it's uh, it's definitely a pleasure to have you here and have you sharing your experiences with the listeners. The more people I can get on the podcast, the better. Um, I like having a variety of people just because, you know, I don't like. There's certain podcasts that I've listened to that have just a ton of doctors that want to give you all the holistic medical version of, you know, what people are doing. But I think I want to I try to get as personal as possible with this podcast just because I feel like people can relate to it better. I completely agree. I completely agree with that. So tell me a little bit about your backstory. Uh, What was the book that you, the both books that you pushed out? So the first book, I'm very proud that I was able to self-publish two books this year. The first book is called Journal for Your Journey. And that is a book of prayers and affirmations. Journaling is one of my hobbies. And that is really what brought me out of a very, very dark space. Last year, 2018 was absolutely one of the darkest times of my life. Most difficult thing I've ever had to go through with a sudden onset of a health challenge out of nowhere. And so journal for your journey was based out of that because as I was sharing with you briefly, once I realized that I actually would walk out of the hospital, once I understood that I wasn't going to die, that I was able to be treated, I knew that my life had forever been changed. 
And I knew I had a new mission to help change other folks' lives. So I was on purpose and that's what I want to do. I want to get other folks on purpose. So that was the first book, Journal for Your Journey, with daily affirmations that uh, folks can say aloud is what I encourage to do and write the things that come up for them on a daily basis and to be able to track those things that are going on with their kind of personal development. And then my second book that I released just the end of September of this year is really nailing down the pieces of both personal and professional development. And that book is called Induction to Power. And that is about taking action steps to get on purpose and move forward with your assignment. Because I believe that we're all born with one unique assignment in the earth. And we have to carry that out or we're just going to be wasting time and wasting breath, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, are, do you, are you familiar with any um, Buddhist practices? Vaguely, yes, I am. Vaguely. Yes, I am. Sure. I do have a few friends that practice Buddhism. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, something that they use with the mala beads, the prayer beads, um, is all pretty much your daily affirmations. That's a w- good way of using them. Um, that's something that I'm actually a really big fan of. Uh, it's something that I mentioned early on in the first season of the podcast is, you know, making sure that you're having those whenever it comes to self-motivating, you know what I mean? Cause there's a lot of times you could, I heard someone say that a lot of people compare themselves to the perfect version of themselves. Right. And mm. in doing so becomes it, you fail because you're every time because you're yeah yeah yes exactly and something that they said was to try to not necessarily compare but try to have the morals and the work put the work output that the perfect version of yourself would have and something that um, helped me do that is with you know the daily affirmations and that's one of the things that I do like about the Buddhist practices with those mala beads you know it has 108 beads on it before you get back to the center and you each one like whatever it is that you're focusing on that day you yes. take it uh, every bead is just either that affirmation or a version of it a new one where it can be like three four affirmations whatever it is that you need just making sure that you're focusing on those every day and I think there's a lot of power in affirmation um a lot of the times whenever I got really really depressed and I got down in my dark little holes um something that I noticed especially speaking out loud is doing those out for me I would go out in my backyard and just yell like yes I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna have a good day today's gonna be a fucking great day you know what I mean like and it was just I love it it's crazy how much power that has like the energy that you get from saying something like that out loud over yourself with people around with nobody around like and actually believing it really it almost seems like it has like a rewiring effect of just the start of your day I love how you said that and I am a firm believer in that something that my godfather taught me some years back I had a vague understanding of you know we've been um, preached to about the power of positive thinking and things like that. But over the last few years, spending time with him, he has really 
driven it home for me and how he phrases it and what I talk about in journal for your journey is the power of creative voice because the words that we speak make thing ha things happen around us and what it is we have to minister to ourselves so I am a church goer I'm a Christian practicing I'm in church minimum two days a week I believe in that but what we need to know is that we have to minister to ourselves and that is a practice of faith and gratitude and centering ourselves it is very important when i was dealing with that health crisis what pulled me out of that very very like deep valley is the only thing that i can say to describe it i call it a dark hole sometimes or deep valley yep, yep, I understand. but i journaled and I made notes of things to say out loud to myself. And I did, guess what I did, Darius? I did it in the mirror. And I'm like you, sometimes I would yell it. Sometimes I would mm -hmm. hit the mirror. Like, listen, girl, yep, <laughs> you yep, yeah, are not sick. You are well. You are successful. You are going to change the world. And I say these things to myself even to this day every day and it makes all the difference in the world you have to minister to yourself i think um so with being appreciate this a lot um there you know in the bible it says god created things with uh with his voice right everything yes. in creation was spoken and yes. there is a japanese um, pseudo scientist started a study, and I talk about this all the time. People are probably tired of hearing this, but his name is um, Masaru Emoto. And what uh -huh. he did was he did a trial, and I can't think it was like in a college or something like that, where they had a giant vat of water uh -huh. and they had students subjugated in like groups of four, and they took samples, each one took a sample of water they had like a gallon and then they would take a dropper and drop it into um like a what is it a petri dish um uh, yes and they would look at it microscopically and mm -hmm. each person under the microscopic level each four samples was you could see there was a molecular structure of the water of the atoms that were in the water that looked differently just from each person. So what they did okay. is they concluded a further experiment to where they had each person think to themselves and they would think angry things or sad things or happy things. And they would, as they proceeded to put these drops of waters in the Petri dish. And as you froze the water, you can see the molecular structure a little bit easier, almost like you do with snowflakes and each, mm -hmm. each emotion that they would they speak if they speak it over the water if they would think it it changed the molecular structure of the water so everything that was done out of happiness out of joy out of love out of um just serenity these molecular structures were even they were all, as perfect as you can think like a perfect snowflake this wow and everything that wasn't it was jagged it looked like shattered glass and so with this being said, they did the same thing with some plants, right? They took two mm -hmm. plants and they separate, they had them in, I think I'm pretty sure in different rooms. I'm not too sure, probably butchering this, but they kept the same plants. They grew them. Um, once they were a certain height, uh, they each, per they had 
they had to be treated differently. So one plant was told like, I love you, you're growing, you're doing real well. And this plant, um, they looked at the results from this plant versus the other plant that they told like, oh, you're ugly, you're not prosperous, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. And the plants grew differently. The one that was spoken badly to didn't grow very well. It stayed short. Mm -hmm. It didn't prosper very good fruit. But the one that was spoken to positively grew taller. It grew thicker branches. It was a healthier plant. You know what? I so appreciate you sharing the scientific evidence that backs up what we experience naturally and spiritually every day. And not to toot my own horn, but I also do have sort of a green thumb because I talk to my plants. I play music for them. So there has been so many studies done. This stuff actually works. There is a power in our creative voice. It's a gift from the creator to us that we can literally be the architect of our lives. We're in charge. It's not anything outside. It's all built right into us. We're already fully equipped with everything that we need to be successful, to be impactful, and to be fulfilled. I'm a firm believer. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the reason why I like to correlate as much as possible scientific studies with, you know, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, spiritual practices. Spiritual practices, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it, it shows there's heavy correlation between it all. Yes. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of people tend to look at both things as different spectrums. You know what I mean? So with a lot of my religious family, um, I will, I'll call upon history and mm-hmm. science to prove things that may have happened in the Bible or to help it understand the event. So like whenever, oh, well, you guys are talking about this, these things happened in Jerusalem. It's like, well, actually, did you know that, you know, in whatever scientific reason that I, the things that I've found that I can reiterate back to them just so people can understand like, okay, wait a minute, there's a correlation between a lot of things that people don't realize. If you look at the timeline of human history between science and through religious doctrines, whether it be, yeah. you know, the Bible or the Quran or, you know, any, any religious doctrine pretty much has a very similar story of the human history, but there's a lot of time blocks that people don't get to see. Therefore they say, Oh, well then it's, that that's just made up. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just the story. But if you look right. at, for instance, every script of human history this doesn't even have to be religiously a lot of um tablets you know manuscripts talk about there being a great flood and there's actually a really great documentary on netflix called uh is genesis history and it talks Hmm. about it has archaeologists scientists marine biologists and they go through and explain how the earth like how old the earth really based could be if there was a flood based on how the geography of the world is at the moment and the species that we've found that we've actually been able to study to look at and say, okay, well, if these things have been alive for this long, they, and genetically, like a sea cucumber is relative to a starfish, they're cousins. It's just the, mm-hmm. it's just the evolution. It's evolution amongst species. And if you I mean, if you go further, it talks about like in the Grand Canyon showing where the different layers of sedimentary rock 
there's one layer that's like a sandstone, which is yes. only possible if water quickly rushes in through like a valley. So all yes. that sediment can get mixed up. And because of how low it is, based on uh, carbon dating the rock, it had supposed to have been like around the same time where the flood was talked about. So it's proved right. like, hey, wait a minute, this probably did happen. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just yes. I tend to take a very um, multi-perspective on things. Yes, and I can appreciate that. I need to introduce you to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> he is the exact same way. But I love that. I love that because what it is, it sets foundational principles for us. And we do know, you know, that the human body is wired a certain way. And we do know that through certain practices, we can reprogram things and we see those outputs. And, you know, there are certain things that are really effective across different um, ethnic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds. There are different things that have proven effective for men and women and even relationally. So this stuff is very, very, very important. And like you've shared on previous episodes and things like that, with all the pressures that we have going on in society and we're still, even with all of our technological advances, we're still very much dog eat dog and very much, mm -hmm. you know, how much money I can make in the shortest amount of time. And so um, that can be very stressful. And now, you know, we're having a holiday season and all of that. So we have to have something in place to cut through these layers of pressure. We've never seen the, um, the I don't want to call it an epidemic, but it really is an epidemic of suicides and just the discare for life and humanity. So what you do, again, is so important. And what I try to do is share with people, hey, there's another way. There are things that we can kind of center on to try to relieve some of this pressure, to try to do things in a better way mm -hmm. and say, okay, let me just walk in the light a little bit. Let me do something different. Yeah, absolutely. And I admit it's a hundred percent necessary because like you said, we live in a generation uh, society that is constantly evolving. And I believe it's taught us to look for the next advancement in everything. Therefore, mm -hmm. we, we lose our patience. We lose patience, oh, wow. especially whenever, you know, you tell people you go to school, get out of school, go to college, you start a family, work a job, have an honest life. And you, we set up these social constructs of order of how things are supposed to be. It's very, very linear. And yes, I think whenever things don't go according to plan like that or the life it, your life isn't folding out how you expected it to based on other people's perceptions because your life wasn't supposed to, but you don't understand that yet things can get very choppy, especially mentally, especially yes. in younger people that don't understand. Like technically I was told what to do all the way until I was 18. So, and I'm only 22 right now. So I'm only really four years of life, right? Yes. Only four yes. years of life. And I'm supposed yes. to have everything figured out by now. I think that's crazy. It's ridiculous. That is insane. It is. It is. And to it think is. that even some people twice my age that have only had 10 years of real life under their belt, regardless of how sculpting, you know, our adolescent years can be, 
it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that we may have things figured out even by 40. You know what I mean? Right. We were just obeying That's these right. social constructs. And I think it gives us anxiety. I think it gives us um, false hope for what we're supposed to do. And it makes us lose touch of the thing of what we're called for. Right. Everybody has yes. a specific calling. And the more we listen to what we're supposed to do based on societal standards, we lose touch of the the things that we were supposed to do because we're not listening to ourselves. We're not being experimentative or explorative. You know what I mean? We're not divulging yes. into other things. We're just stuck in the herd. Exactly right. And I've said this before, and, you know, anybody who follows me and who has the privilege of listening to our episode today, it'll be familiar to them. But I firmly believe that because of myself two years ago being a 38-year-old being thrust into a healthcare crisis and just a little background on that. So I I was working on a construction site. I was working 50 and 60 hours a week with a 45 minute commute. So mm-hmm. crazy talking about chasing dollars, but, yep. you know, trying to make things happen, trying to, you know, check things off the list and all that good stuff. And so um, one day I got off work. I had been feeling bad for a little while, but one day I got off work went home, you know, try to do the regular wind down routine, shower, get a snack and immediately go to bed. Cause what else can you do after you work a 12 hour shift? Yeah. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't even, I have to be honest with you, Darius. I don't even remember if I took a shower. I think I took a shower. I'm not <laughs> sure, but I felt so bad. I was so out of breath. I didn't know if I was having a heart attack or what was going on. But when I was rushed to the hospital, I was going into respiratory failure, Mm. something that I thought was a hay fever that kind of, you know, may have developed into bronchitis that I could maybe take a couple of pills for turned out to be double pneumonia. I was drowning in my own fluids, no medical history, not even family history of this, just completely out of nowhere. And then I would go on to be hospitalized three more times over the next five months, culminating in a 10-day hospital stay where I flatlined, went into a coma, ICU, the whole deal. So, like, when I say I literally didn't think I was going to leave the hospital except, you know, um, on a cold slab, if you understand what I mean. That's what I literally thought would happen. But what I've said on other platforms and what I will say here is now being 18 months out of it I firmly believe that because I was not walking in my calling because I was not doing any work to fulfill the purpose that I was sent here for I know that I was soul sick Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing my soul work and working on the inner me so my soul was sick and I honestly believe that that manifested into my physical body and it just culminated in that crisis. That that's what I believe. And so that is why I share with anyone who will listen that it is absolutely important that you take some time to get still, get quiet, find out what it is that you really want out of life and find out what it is that you are called and purposed to do. Otherwise, Things can blow up for you just as easy. You're right. Now I have I have a question. 
Sure. Um, have do you watch any like superhero movies? I do. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen uh, Doctor Strange? I have. Yeah. Okay. So that is one of my favorite movies just because of how spot on it takes on uh, like traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm a real, real, real big fan of. Like, I've, I don't know why there's something in me that I don't know about yet that has always drawn me towards um, traditional Chinese Eastern medicine. medicine. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's really mm-hmm. peculiar how like magnetizing it is for me um, just because it's I don't have any influence in my life. You know what I mean? I don't have anybody that was from there. I don't have any cultural mm-hmm. ties. It's just something that I gravitate towards. But mm-hmm. in that movie, um, in the very beginning scene, whenever uh, Doctor Strange gets to Taj Mahal, um, the chosen one uh, tells him because he's in there talking about like a medical case saying that he was like a some kind of surgery where the guy was paralyzed from his legs down and he wasn't able to walk again. And the chosen one says, I just convinced him that to rearrange the cells in his body. To... Yes. Yes. So like, mm-hmm. you, so you, you probably know where you can probably see where I'm going. She mm-hmm. says that through the meditation in the Eastern medicine that, she, you know, the cells regenerate themselves, but they're wired to regenerate themselves in a specific way. And through Eastern medicine, she taught him to have his cells rewire themselves back the right way. And I think that isn't something that is from a movie. I strongly believe that even though it wasn't a movie, right? And it was in a Marvel movie and those are looked at as kids movies. I do believe strongly that that is something that we are capable of as human beings only because in the Bible, it says that we were made in God's image, right? Yes. Yes. So if, if that's the case, then we should, you know, yes, we are far, far from the versions that were put on us or the versions of us that were put here first. We are very mm-hmm. far from that. And we got very disconnected through what makes up us of being humans, right? The ego and the drive, everything that makes us who we are in this generation is, you know, it's a consequence of things that we've done in the past. But I do believe we do have that tie somewhere. Somewhere in our body, I think that we are capable of a lot of things that people would call spiritual, but it's just because I think people don't understand because Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's a very taboo thing to talk about. Like, what do you mean I can regenerate my own cells and live longer and be healthier and avoid, you know, health consequences from happening in the future just through meditating and things like that. You know what I mean? It's a very weird subject for people to understand, but I do believe that the human body has, if you want to call it superpowers, just like that. Yes, absolutely. I firmly believe it myself and see I love the way you're going because, you know, some people, you know, it gets spooky, it gets weird. And then Mm -hmm. some of our seniors will even say it's blasphemous, but it's not. It is a gift from the creator. We have the power within us and the way we take our power back is to speak it aloud, to command those things into our presence. And the Bible also says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, you know, it's a two-way street. We have to think these things. We have to say them aloud. And that literally 
can change our programming. We're not that much different than computers, actually, you know, yep. but yep. I don't want to go too far off the deep end, but, <laughs> but we can literally reprogram ourselves by speaking those things aloud, but it's not just to speak them. We have to believe them and mm -hmm. internalize them and our bodies literally will show the results. I can give you my doctor's name and number now, and I can tell, I can show you the scientific evidence because it's nothing so foreign that I did. Now, of course, I am taking natural medicines and I'm following most of his orders. Don't tell mm -hmm. him that I'm not following all of them. <laughs> but I know in my heart that it's because of a change in mindset and the things that I spoke over myself, those spiritual practices is what had the most impact. And the reason that I'm still here breathing, not on an oxygen machine, which they gave me in the spring of 2018, but breathing just as normal as you or the next person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before we get too far off on a tangent, I have a pretty bad habit <laughs> of doing that all the time. Um, share with some of the listeners um, the things that like you're, you're practicing, what you're teaching, um, and just th that similar topic. The things that I'm practicing. So, first, well, you want to talk a little bit about my daily or morning routine, or which way do you want to go? More with of like, okay, so like that. you, you with you within your books, within your practices. What is it mm -hmm. that you're instructing um, your readers or your listeners for your podcast or whatever um, to do? Like, yes. What, what exactly are you you telling them? What kind of information are you sharing with them? How are you helping them? Very good. Very good. Um, thank you for um, providing the clarity on the question. So very much like you and I were sharing today, it's very important um, what I share with um, clients and followers and listeners is that consistency makes all the difference in the world. We have to be persistent, but consistent to have a regular routine. So Sunday through Saturday, I do not change what I do as far as the things that I am telling myself and feeding myself mentally and spiritually. So my tasks might change. My location might change, you know, whether it's Starbucks, the public library, whether I, you know, have corporate yeah. meetings or things like that. But every day when I get up, I, you know, I did take a page out of the millionaire's handbook. I do try to make my bed every day. I'm not hundred percent yet, but, <laughs> but I do, I do those things, but absolutely without fail in the mirror, I speak my um, my affirmations over myself, things that I want to accomplish during the day. I speak to my body. I remind my body that it is healed, that it is properly functioning, that it's going to help me to impact lives of others. I say that every, every day. And I also make sure that I make my checklists and things for the day. So you know, we have different tasks, but what I also encourage people is it is good to schedule and practice time blocking. That's a big thing for me. But what I do in that is I literally schedule downtime. Mm -hmm. 
so that I don't fall into the anxiety, the guilt and things when I, you know, I feel like I actually just need a break. So I schedule those social media breaks. I mm-hmm. schedule a nap. I'm a huge proponent oh, yeah. yep. of naps. It, I mean, it, whether it's a 20 minute or 45 minute, it, it definitely gives me the refreshing that I need. And so those are just a few of the practices that I share with folks. But again, what I do is I have those set up Sunday through Saturday as far as the things that I do early in the morning as well as um, before I go to bed. But one quick word there is that I really don't want to uh, get away from because we touched on it. Something else that I share with everyone is we have to understand and know that we are individuals, but when we come together in a collective, we are even stronger, even wiser, even more beautiful when we're able to help each other, lean on each other, and serve one another. I, I just... I always have to share that. I actually brought that up and sorry to interrupt, but I brought that up no, go. last um, all morning. Um, so this you're on episode three of season three. Um, the minute I started recording uh, is just literally straight from the get up. So as soon as I got up, I made sure my schedule was booked. Um, so I'm glad you got in first off, but it's something that I Yay. had since I had been recording all morning. Um, I've had about four conversations already with different people. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I brought up last conversation was with a, like a life coach. Um, she dealt with a lot of like abusional abuse in mm-hmm. relationships, yes, uh, yes, em- yes, emotional and stuff like that. And so she's written books about how to get past that. And we were talking about, you know, sharing your experiences with others. And I told her, I said, I think that the reason, like we're supposed to congregate. I do believe people are supposed to congregate because I can have a problem or a dilemma that I'm dealing with. And immediately after sharing that dilemma with another person, I will get a new perspective that my mind did not come up with a way to approach the situation, a way to think about the situation. Now that can be dangerous because if you're around some poisonous people that are just, you know, selfish and they'll tell you things that, of course, it's going to make you feel better, but they're very vindictive things. You know what I mean? Right. But um, in a more positive light, in a perfect world, telling anything to anybody should give you a new perspective on how to look on that thing. Maybe it'd be smarter perspective, a different way yes. that you wouldn't have thought to come up with. Because that I mean, that that's 100% the reason why you need another mind. You know what I mean? There's no such thing as alone because you're there's only so far you can get. There's only so much bandwidth you can reach with your own single brain without having another intelligent mind coming in to speak over things. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. And you know what I was taught, Darius, is that actually our life experiences, of course, they shape us. They shape the way we think. They shape our perspective and outlook. But my godfather says it like this. He said those experiences actually put certain marks on you and other folks with those same marks are going to automatically be drawn to you. So it is literally your duty and your service to share, to have that meeting of the minds and say, hey, you know what? 
when I was in this situation, you know, when I was depressed, this is what helped me get out. Or when I had this health challenge, this is what I did. And now I'm so much better for, or even, you know, sharing the landmines. So, you know, I tried this thing and that was the absolute wrong thing to do. So please, if you can, don't do that. Yeah. And that is how society moves forward and progresses for the better. And I don't want to skip over this too. Even with that, we ought to make sure that we're not envious, prideful, and comparing ourselves to one another because we shouldn't be trying to be something that we're not because we already come to the earth with something that we're naturally good at in areas that we're already naturally gifted in, whether it's speaking, writing, giving advice, or even if it's music and the arts. So we should be going after those things and nurturing those things in ourselves as well as in others. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So talk, talk to me a little bit about um, the book. Is it the second book, right? Yeah. So the second book, Induction to Power, that gets into the things that we've just been talking about in this second piece of our conversation. So this is going to be aimed at those who are looking to kick it up a notch personally or professionally. So I work with a lot of aspiring authors, career changers, or um, aspiring entrepreneurs. So this is chock full of tips of things that you're really going to need to go to the next level. I deal with uh, work ethics, um, uh, uh, pers- like I said, personal development and self-motivation. I talk about simple things like, you know, making sure that you're on time. The fact that um, your clothing and your nonverbal communication does a lot of your selling and your business for you. Um, I picked up a very good tip from a friend of mine as far as a verbal business card and how you talk about your business. So all of those things you want to find in the second book, Induction to Power, which Um, I only have right now print copies of that, but people can get in contact with me and get that stuff off of uh, my website, which is tboldmedia.com. The first book, The Journal for Your Journey, I have print copies as well as eBooks on that. So lots of resources for folks who want to understand, you know, they may feel stuck, they may feel confused confused, but they know they want to do something different. This is a first step that I would encourage folks to do either, either book. I say that journal for your journey is the faith shift. So, you know, it's kind of shift gears, shake things up a little bit, try to help yourself get centered and focused. And then induction to power is the mindset shift where it's like, okay, I'm going to open my mind up, think a little bit differently and try to make sure that if I'm setting goals, do I need to revisit them? Are they smart goals? Am I changing them? And how do I move forward personally and professionally? So you have two lanes there. 
um, something I wanted to touch on was uh, how you were talking about your nonverbal communication with people. There's an episode you might like, um, season two, maybe like episode three with Deborah Washington. Um, she's based okay. out of Dallas, Washington, or Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas. Uh, she is like a, a women's style coach. And what oh, she teaches, nice. yeah, what she teaches is exactly what you said, um, kind of boosting your confidence, making you more of a confident person through your style, through your presentation. So that'd be a pretty yes. interesting thing if that's something you want to check out. But I really do appreciate um, what you're doing as far as the book. How long did it take you to come up with everything? So the um, with Journal for Your Journey, that took a few months to get it organized in a way that um, that I felt was fit for the public because with the affirmations and uh, the prayers – going through that health challenge, I had so many things that I had really researched and delved into. And again, um, you know, meeting with my godfather, even more, just trying to make sure that um, I was staying centered and getting personal clarity. And I knew I had things that I wanted to share. So I didn't want to overwhelm folks. So this uh, journal for your journey covers one full month. In fact, the subtitle of the book is 31 days of prayer to center your soul. So it talks about, um, you know, that soul work and that uh, I, I think from cover to cover, start to finish um, where I had good, pretty print copies in hand. It probably took me about six months. So okay. that was that was a good journey. And then with induction to power, there was definitely some overlap there. That one's a very quick read and really just sharing kind of best practices from when I was in corporate to now being a full-time entrepreneur and just giving nuggets that I knew folks needed. And I wanted to get that out quicker. So that probably took uh, maybe three and a half to four months. And I will have a part two of that coming out in 2020. Nice. Good, good. I'm glad. I have thought about writing a book. Um, Do it. Do it. I know. I know. But (laughs) there was one that I had started. It just, the reason why I was doing it just wasn't, uh, it was too egotistical. You know what I mean? And I was pretty young. So I'm trying to do everything just a little bit at a time, one thing at a time. Okay. Um, so right now it's definitely the podcast is at the forefront and then in the future there's probably going to be a book um yes i look forward yeah and i mean whenever i went through it i already went through like the whole amazon self-publishing thing i had a friend mm-hmm. that had put out a book so we were talking about how he got his uh publisher and the prints and everything that he did it was pretty mm-hmm. interesting um mm-hmm. it's definitely an adventure it's something that i look forward into doing so with yes. with everything that we've talked about, what advice would you give somebody today that's listening that is looking for that kind of kick? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I say to anyone who is looking to kind of kickstart things, Please take my story, if you will, I have no problem with that, as being a cautionary tale. I know that the creator 
and the universe conspired to get my attention and I just had to get still and get quiet and to be honest with myself about the direction that I wanted my life to head in. And so folks should do the same thing. If you're finding yourself constantly fighting the clock, constantly chasing money, constantly fighting bills and finances, and at the same time, you are not, it's one thing if you're doing that and you're, you know, you're impacting lives and you're feeling fulfilled. It's a blessing when your purpose and your living, how you make a living overlap, but sometimes it doesn't. So I encourage folks to carve out a space and time so that the impact that you want to have in the world, it can start in your home, it can start in your local neighborhood or subdivision, maybe your local boys and girls club. Just make sure that you are investing time in yourself and in your calling so that you don't have to have these thoughts and conversations in a hospital bed like I did. That's good. I love it. You know, it's crazy. I actually thought um, while you were kind of saying that, everything that you were saying, I think it's very interesting how the level of gratitude and the amount, the impact it has differentiates from whenever you're doing something like what we're doing right now opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, just making an honest living and working a regular job and just putting up with the BS that comes with it. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it seems, it almost seems like the people that are working for a higher purpose without a doubt always get what they need as far as financially, emotionally, think, you know what I mean? And Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And they're happier people. They they have way more joy. So, yeah, it's definitely something to it. (laughs) It's different. It's funny. Well, I definitely have had an amazing time talking with you, Artisha. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on here and, you know, sharing your story. Because I know a lot of times it, it can be hard to share the traumatic experiences that put you in a dark place. It's hard to talk about those things. So I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing everybody, sharing with everybody, um, the transformation you've made for your life. Uh, Go ahead and, you know, tell people where to find you, where your books are at, your social media. Absolutely. Folks can reach me. Um, All of my socials are public. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Artisha Bolding, which is A-R-T-I-S-H-A-B-O-L-D-I-N-G. And they can get copies of books, shirts. They can listen to season one of the podcast and bonus messages that I have on from Bold Journeys podcast on my website, which is tboldmedia.com. That's the letter T. And then bold, B-O-L-D, media, M-E-D-I-A dot com. Awesome. You've been great. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. All right, Artisha. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Put your head on my shoulder.
the shoulder.